a lot of the people were like, oh, I'm building this website. Can you review it? It's not as useful uh, if you're not established it. If you don't, I, I don't mean that you're a big website. It's just if you haven't done enough, uh, immediately asking how, how does it look like? If I say something, will you change it? I think you really just need to start, uh, learn the basics, and then start asking for uh, you know, reviews or uh, looking on YouTube how the websites should look like. Uh, but I think that the most important thing is to start. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Robert Rebecco of Punch Salad gives us a window into some elements of the e-commerce space we're glad to finally shed some light on. Although this is Shopify country, as we say on the program, when we get contesting information, we head right for it. So if you've been wondering what WordPress has to offer, this will be a great primer. The second aspect that sticks out to me about our guest is his unique branding. It's what puts you as a content creator over the competition. Even the smallest consideration into the way you present your content can endear you to the audience far more than you might expect. Robert Rebecco, it is good to have you here. Welcome to Ecomonics. How are you doing today? How are you feeling? I'm good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me here. Thank you for being here. One thing, I, I don't ask this too often, um, and I'll chamber it because I just remembered I have a very important question that I have to ask you first. So it's, it's, uh, it's on the tip. It's on the tip. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lose it. First question, we got to get this one going. Uh, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm Robert Rubeco, and uh, I work in Amsterdam by day. I'm a conversion rate optimization expert for an e-commerce store that sells beauty products. And by night, I am a uh, YouTuber that I, I help people with their WordPress questions and all kinds of tutorials that um, that they can take their uh, website to the next level. Yeah, I, I checked out the uh, the website very briefly, so I definitely want to ask you more about the conversion. But let me uh, let me not tease that other question for very much longer. So this is one that I could potentially ask every guest, and I don't, but we're just going to uh, get it in here. So when you were uh, reached out to by the company, how was your what was your like your initial reaction to uh, us contacting you? Was it curious? Was it like, oh, these guys finally? Yeah, I've been waiting to hear from them. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, so it was an exciting um, news or uh, contact because I. I uh, rarely do these kind of things. And I think it's a podcast. I listen almost daily to podcasts. So it was definitely something I responded almost immediately. Um, but with the, the, I haven't used the software before though, but I listened to the previous episodes and I think I was impressed by the quality. So I thought, uh, why not? Uh, oh, thank you. So yeah, wow. You, you listened even as far back as... Um before you booked. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I'm, I could ask other people that, but I don't know if I want to know the answer. So I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just take that <laughs> little bit piece of candy and I'll just go with it. So conversion rate optimizer. Now you said that you do this for a beauty product website. And that actually makes me wonder uh, how much time you get to invest in that on a week to week basis. So I think at first, let's start with uh, what exactly it is you're doing as a conversion rate optimizer. And then what is the week to week, um, hourly commitment to, to doing this? Actually, I'll just, I'm, uh, I work for 40 hours for this, for the company mm -hmm. as a, as a CRO, which is the shorter version of it. Um, and, uh, basically my, my main goal is to Im improve their revenue on the site per user. Also, we have, uh, smaller goals, like for example, sign up for newsletters, but obviously it's always about the revenue. 
and just making sure that the uh, customers have a great journey uh, throughout our site and they find the information they need to make the decision to buy our product. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the thing that, that, that I cannot help but wonder is that like, you know, when I, when I talk to, say, uh, one guest that pops up to my head, uh, Tyler Jeffco, um, you know, he's got his own agency and I, I can understand the, the needs of accounting are, are something that's consistent. And I, and I hear that it's consistent here, but I, I don't fully understand why. So let's, what kind of decisions do you make that can stick in the long run versus what kind of decisions do you have to make on a, on a day-to-day basis? You mean as a CRO in, or? Yeah. Um, I think it's all about like just um, for a long term, you want to plan test ahead. So uh, the main thing I do actually is I do user research and also plan out A-B tests uh, to test some hypothesis. And uh, that's the main bulk of my work. Um, and yeah, long term, short term, some tests might be um, very short sighted, not short sighted, but just the, the, we're just trying to improve the conversion on a short period of time, but you need to always keep in mind that you can improve something right now, but in, down the road, it's not going to be good for the users. For example, I don't know, if there's too many pop-ups on the site, that means people get annoyed. They might sign up for it the first time, but then if they visit the site and every time there's something popping up in their face, in the long term, you might actually lose that client. And that's not our purpose. So uh, there's always a balance between that short-term and long-term. Right. And I imagine, too, that you're also observing, I, I, when I, I'm about to say trends, and I feel like that's not the most respectful term for it because there are a lot of changes and a lot of developments in business and in e-commerce and what's the best way to communicate with the customer. So in that respect, I also imagine that you're observing a lot of new developments in order to, say, improve efficiency or a new uh, advertising campaign, a new social media platform. So it's part of your responsibility to also keep your eyes peeled on what's new and what's going on and what can then be uh, integrated into the website. Yeah, no, that that's completely true. Maybe not to the point that, okay, should we now go to TikTok or is it too <laughs> early for us? But uh, well, I, I knew, I, I actually thought you were going to say TikTok. Yeah, like, but the point is, um, and for some brands that works, but I think uh, as a CRO, I do have to uh, keep my ears open, sort of say, and I do try to read the industry news all the time, not only specific to uh, my uh, uh, role, but also like SEO and what's going on in the ad space, just because you never know where you get inspired. And also the fact that, like you said, there's so much constantly changes and people uh, behave differently because maybe Amazon brought up a new feature. So now everybody is used to that feature. So now the question is, should we do something similar? So um, no, definitely it's it's looking at different trends. Um, yeah, I'm not the one that makes the decision if we actually do it, but I can definitely uh, bring it up to the management. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's more your, your position to, yeah, like you said, to, to preach it, to offer it and to show what are, what are the advantages to, to making this decision. What I also uh, understand, we can, you know, we can always, uh, we'll reintegrate it uh, as we go on, but I know there's a lot of other things that uh, you, you get up to as well. Um, your YouTube channel is, uh, is Punch Salad. What I look at it is that this is a guides, it's just t- tutorials. Um, but what, what I, what I love about it, by the way, is the, uh, is, is the opening for it. It goes, punch salad. I just like, it's one of those, it's like, it, it sticks into the ear. Another example of this, if anybody is into like the, you know, the, the kind of like the gaming nerd tech world, there's this one called, um, uh, review tech USA. And it starts with this guy going, and every now and then I'll just be like, 
just like brushing my teeth or something like that and uh and bunch of salad i don't know it's like it sticks with me um so uh let's start with uh the that side of it. it's like where did this uh this kind of like brand come from and what do you um do you have like a a 10,000 foot view of what you'd like to do with the brand in the long run? Uh, actually, I, I think I need to work on the brand because uh, the channel name is actually Tips with Punch. But yeah, there's the punch there. Oh my God. Um, oh, I'm so embarrassed. No, 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 no worries. Uh, and okay. the Sorry website is Punch right. Salad. Uh, so Tips honestly, with punch. The, yeah, that was it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, no worries. And uh, yeah, the idea, the, the, the whole concept for the YouTube channel, why I started is um, this was like four years ago where. There were these channels. I don't know if you've seen uh, any tutorials where when you, you watch them, they have no sound or maybe like a computer fan behind them. And then there's just a notepad where they type in like what you need to do. And then it many times doesn't even work or it's just not user friendly. And I, I thought, okay, I, I can't handle these. I want to just make it uh, very punchy uh, tutorials with about websites. These things um, can seem... Um, to be very complicated, but they're not. They're, if you have somebody guiding you through the steps, it's it's quite simple, especially with WordPress or Shopify. It, it is the developers work so that it's super easy for users to use. So the, the the sort of idea behind it is definitely to have less of the talking and more just the action. Right. So you say that some of these videos, like somebody like he's recording it and they forget that their microphone is on and they're just recording like... <sighs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those. Yeah. So, uh, on my uh, on my channel, uh, which isn't uh, related to e-commerce, uh, it, giant enemy channel, I did do that. I didn't breathe into the microphone or anything like that. But every now and then, somebody, one of my clients, when I was doing freelance editing, they would ask me uh, how to do something, and I thought, okay, well, I can either like write out the step by step, or I'll turn on OBS and I'll just record it, put some music in the background, and then that way they can just you know, watch it. They see the step-by-step process themselves. And I, and I, you know, I wasn't like, I was expecting it to, uh, to generate revenue or anything like that. It's just to show my clients. And then it just so happens to be there publicly in case somebody else is looking for it. Is it good? No, it's, 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 it's not engaging and it doesn't reach a higher audience. So your, your desire to do that, I'm wondering if you have a, if you have a background in that, or if you, maybe you've done any, or if you have any artistic leanings or creative leanings or, uh, this is like the first time that that creative side in you has manifested. No, I, I've tried many things. And um, to be honest, I've always been on YouTube learning stuff. So I don't know, at one point I was into cartoons. Then another point I was into, I don't know, just building websites. I've been uh, quite long interested in the digital space anyway. I've been 10 years in the, uh, during my like work time, I've been 10 years in the business. And I just also just like coding and I like to learn new things about it. So I'm nerdy that way, I guess. For the channel, yeah, the thing is nowadays the the standard is so high. Like if you uh, any topic, if you open up YouTube, there's just so much stuff there that, and it's very high quality. So um, I would say sometimes my videos are not up to par, that uh, up to the par because some people do 4K and with some effects and stuff. So it is getting competitive, but um, um, yeah, I'm just trying to uh, do my thing and help people with WordPress, which I know the best. And it seems to work so far. Yeah, I, I have run into that issue before where uh, I just, ha- at the time, I just put together enough 1080p uh, cameras to shoot. Then I find that I hear rumblings of 4K on the way. And uh, uh, so one piece of advice that I asked, um, uh, Uzer Karwala, he'd said that it's a lot of money, so you can always like skip uh, a generation or 
or something along those lines, or even just like once everybody is on 8K, then you can move up to 4K because then by that point, it'll be cheaper. And I thought 1080p was it. I thought 1080p looked damn good. Sorry, at what point is good to, to skip? So for instance, if your 4K is already on its way, so one idea would yeah. be just like start putting money away and wait till the next format comes out. Uh, oh. Stick to your guns, and then once the that whole wave is done, and then an alternative, which I don't necessarily think he suggested too, is like once 8K is out, 4K is going to get a lot cheaper. And and again, like it, it's, it looks really good. Like 1080p looks really good. My my other webcam is 720p. It looks fine. I agree completely. So, but people start to expect certain things, so they want that crisp image, even if it's not really necessary, because. I don't know if you've seen, there's some videos on YouTube from like 11 years ago. I don't know what that was, 7, 72p or maybe even lower. Yeah, like, still like 480, the, yeah. Exactly. They get the job done still uh, in, in some cases. But uh, yeah, for me, 4K is a bit too early also. Um, I don't think I have enough memory for all of that. I, I think the other thing that I find too is it, it's also about how people uh, expect format. Um, the other person I'm going to be interviewing uh, a little later today, he's a, he's a TikTok expert. And in, by his own admission on one of his TikTok videos is that he puts all this work into editing a YouTube video and he doesn't get the same feedback that he gets on his TikTok because TikTok is so quick. And so, but it also, it's trying to condense all that information into a very, very, very short amount of time. And some things are lost. You, you don't get the same breadth and depth uh, that you get with YouTube videos or even just you know, a book. But what it does is it does also condition people, not just on the, the quality of it, but also it conditions people on the uh, on, on the format and the length of it. Because uh, TikTok videos, I mean, unless people were like have their phones shooting in 4K, the phone quality is all right. Like it's not fantastic, uh, but it's what people are, how people are expecting to get their information. So, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see like how in a couple of generations, what, how they absorb their information. If they just get these like, you know, two second clips that embed in their subconscious and you watch tv with google glasses or something like that or uh, or, or hopefully it gets like total recall well i don't know about hopefully but maybe it gets a total recall where they just embed the memory hey do you remember that scene yeah, yeah i do remember that scene yeah so here's one thing that i thought that i observed from your um from your youtube videos i wanted to sort it by most popular because i thought it would shed some light on what are the most prevalent issues that people are facing? So the, your most popular videos are there's embed YouTube and HTML, uh, install free SSL certificate, uh, how to verify a website on Google Search Console, create a free website, and then uh, WordPress fix. The up, uh, sorry, WordPress fix, the uploaded file exceeds the upload max file size directive. So a <laughs> uh, very digestible title, but that's probably exactly what it had to be, right? People are like typing in that. I do that. Like when I ever get like er, uh, error kernel 42x DLL and I can't screenshot it because it's a blue screen. I'm like, okay, just hold right there. Just write it down exactly as it is. And I type that exact thing in it right into it. So is there anything, any takeaways that you've had from like what, content of yours has been the most consumed versus uh, the content that's more uh, your median average? I think for me, uh, the most successful has been the SSL certificate in general. I have multiple videos just because the tools have changed. Um, I don't know why. I think also YouTube starts to prefer if you have one good video, then it sees that you know in this space, you can sort of dominate or at least they push you more. Uh, but also just various kinds of topics. And uh, you already mentioned for example, the most uh, watched one was the where you just take YouTube video and embed it on your site so that it's responsive. So uh, by default, it doesn't do it. So it's crazy that 
this kind of video, which I, I didn't think this would do that well. I, I knew there's some need for it, but I, I didn't know it would do this well. And you never know which video will rank. And uh, that's, I think, the beauty of YouTube because sometimes you're sure, you, you put the hours, you know, it, it's the best, well, at least uh, in my opinion, it's the best out of the options, but still not nothing. And um, yeah, it, you just need to try, keep trying. And uh, I think that's that's how it is. So one thing I'm wondering about too is with the uh, embed YouTube and HTML video is that I don't, I didn't look, but I don't think you were the only person to make that video on the whole space. So do you remember uh, what year you put that video out? I think it was 2018. 2018. Yeah, I was thinking that. There had probably been some, there's probably been some content prior to that. And I'm sure there's been content after that. Yeah. So did you pick up any insights as to how your video was able to uh, generate the traffic that it did compared to other people in the space? I think it was one of the quickest. So the length of the video helps. And also the fact that I show you uh, how to make it responsive because other videos just showed how to embed it. But that's pretty easy. That In WordPress, you just put the link in and it embeds it. But problem is it doesn't, on mobile, it looks really horrible. It's like huge or it just doesn't adapt to your screen size. So that's what I show with very simple instructions how to get it done. But I think um, I think it just... People click on it because it's short and to the to the point. That's the whole uh, topic for, or like my idea for my channel also. Yeah, I mean, as far as like what happens with videos on the phone, my for me, uh, phones are like the right size now. But for me, all bets are off. I, I, I spend like the first minute or so just like treating it like a steering wheel. I just trying to like come, come on, exactly. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, I also wanted to to get your expertise on the uh, SSL certificate. Um, whenever I encounter a topic that, at least to my recollection, which you know, it's we're like you know, sixty episodes in, so uh, you, you all have to bear with me in case somebody else has brought it up. But um, can you run through us like the basics of SSL and what uh, I know? I know that you're a WordPress expert, and so we definitely can defer to that. But uh, let's try to keep it general um, for what uh, we expect out of SSL certificates and how to get our hands on one that kind of like puts our mind at ease as well as the customers. Yeah, well, basically, uh, in modern times, most um, web hosts come with free SSL. It's the same one. It's from Let's Encrypt. But basically, SSL just is encrypting your connection with or your service connection to the user that lands on your page. And it's a Google requirement right now. So if you don't have it, you have this really ugly warning that this website is not safe. And so you really want to have a uh, SSL certificate. There's a couple levels. But to be honest, nowadays, I don't see big differences. There's some, I think with the higher levels, if you pay more, you, you get some sort of a if you get hacked, you get some sort of a protection, but uh, I'm not even sure about that. Uh, but for most people, with smaller sites or medium-sized, Let's Encrypt should be more than enough. It looks exactly the same in the browser. You don't see any differences. Unless you click on the uh, like the padlock icon in your browser, then you see the difference. Um, but basically, there are a few um, web hosts that don't, uh, don't provide this for free. So that's what I try to teach them how to do it for free. Actually, the tool in the video I've created also because the previous tool went and uh, they made it so that you can get three SSL certificates for free and they last only for 90 days. So oh. you need to renew it every 90 days. So um, that's that's the limitation of the free uh, SSL certificate. There's nothing 
um, well, I can do or any two other tools can do it because the uh, authority that that provides this that's how they've said it uh, 90 days okay i know i can imagine that uh, for people who are let's just say they're setting up a uh, a temporary shopify store or something like yeah. that and they only plan to be in it for a while okay that 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 checks out yeah i mean i see my dentist every every 6 months so if every 3 months i just got to like renew this ssl certificate that's not too bad but but i feel like yeah, I, I mean you, it sounds uh, that's what i thought first like if you have one website that's not too bad every you know quarter you just update it but i think if you have more than that you start it's it's a bit annoying that you have to do it it's a uh, maybe 10 15 minutes um then it gets a bit you can get a uh, paid certificate for like 10 bucks uh, because for example uh, godaddy they sell it for much higher price so that's why a lot of GoDaddy users come to my videos mm-hmm. and they, they get it for free. Um, but uh, actually, if you have more than one website, it gets a bit yeah annoying, I would say. You have to remember it. I think it just takes capacity out of your brain and you need to remember to do it. Right, because if they're, if they're set up at different times and then all, the, all of a sudden one of them, oh, well, the 90 days is up on this one. I thought I just did it. Oh, no, wait a minute. That was my other... Uh, my other pet collar store. Okay, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, and by the way, for uh, for what it's worth, I'm a GoDaddy user myself. For I was I, I had a WordPress website for the first little while. Um, kind of like the, a lot to unpack here, but I had hired somebody to um, make a web comic for me, um, and she ended up using this uh, WordPress theme called um, Aggregate, and. The whole thing was a mistake. It ended up costing me like a thousand dollars. And if I, I looked at how much the theme was, and the theme was like I don't know, two hundred bucks, like that. I think I don't know for some reason I just thought, well, she's a, she's an expert. She'll just take me through everything, and then I can ask her for help uh, for for the rest of my life. And I remember uh, this is correlation, but I remember I was emailing her some things I needed fixed, and then I happened to upon her Twitter, and she says, "Boy, I hate uh, high pro, high maintenance clients." And I thought, hmm. <laughs> Okay. I mean, maybe, but I'm also trying to get my money's worth here. So um, the point of this, by the way, is I remember, uh, because I'll have a a phone call with GoDaddy about as often as I see my dentist. And they were, they had called me and they had told me that I I was going to have to start paying for the, uh, for the site security. Otherwise there would be this uh, big, ugly looking uh, warning on it saying this, this site isn't secure. And I remember having an issue with that because I remember it wasn't like that before, or maybe it was like that before, but it, it wasn't a big deal. And they're like, well, you know, the internet is just changing and, and you know, you, you gotta, you gotta keep up with it. So I'm, I'm wondering if you've seen any like major shifts in, uh, insight. We'll, we'll start with site security, but then we can get into uh, some other stuff down the line, like other major shifts that you might have observed. But for now, for security purposes, have you seen any major like milestones in the development of this? And have you also, by any chance, had any personal encounters, either like you or somebody who you've talked to, who let's just say really could have used some security? Yeah, what, well, as long as you have SSL certificate, you can also install, uh, a pro- well, it's not installed, but you can get a Cloudflare to protect you from certain uh, threats. Uh, so you can install certain things and plugins maybe in WordPress. But I think in security in general, the, the, the biggest, uh, from what I understand, the biggest threat right now is like phishing attacks. So it's not that they will uh, brute force your website and then get it. No, they'll just get somehow you to give them your password and a username, and then they'll just, they have access to everything. So I think I think that's a bigger threat than actually getting hacked unless you use like a password simple password like one two three four uh, other than that if you use a 
you know, a good password with many different characters, you, you should be good. Uh, and obviously, you can protect yourself with uh, other, with some software and plugins. Um, but in general, I think it's more about the phishing and uh, all kinds of scams that are uh, so, so. There's so much of it right now. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I have to admit, I didn't actually know what phishing was um, in this context. But I do know is that every time I get an email for something that's clearly not a legitimate um, business offer, I, I, I could report it as junk. But I want to send a message to Microsoft saying, I don't want these in my inbox. So I've actually just been reporting them as phishing anyways. Uh, and I'm probably going to continue to do that because I want them to have other options too. Saying it's not, it's not, it's worse than junk. Okay. It's clearly not a legitimate offer. So, yeah, yeah. all right. So uh, we're going to, we're going to re- rewind. Um, what I want to know is what you were up to uh, before you got into e-commerce. Cause you've been in this for, you said for, for 10 years. And so I'm always curious to know if, uh, you thought your life had like a different trajectory. Um, like some one example I love bringing up because it was the one that was like the catalyst for this question is that um, Paul Motley had said that he was studying chemistry. And I asked him, okay, what well, does this chemistry training come with them? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I break things down into their uh, smallest elements and then I, and I build it up. But in e-commerce, I thought that's amazing. So I pose that same uh, offer to you, same question to you is like, what were you up to before e-commerce and did anything come with you? Wow, that's that was pretty profound of uh, what what he said. But that's why it sticks no, out. Me, he was like interview exactly. seven, and I still remember it. Exactly. No, that's like okay. That that's a nice way to put it. No, I don't think I have a story like that. I think I've always been a person who. So uh, when I graduated college or university, is that the same thing? Uh, college and university. No. Well, I mean that that's a whole can of worms. Uh, I mean they're both post secondary education. <laughs> okay, but that's about right. it. So university. Yeah, uh, and. Um, I, I was studying marketing and now uh, I needed to do something. And uh, I noticed I I really like to be like a jack of all trades kind of a guy. So I actually, first I got into project management uh, in still in digital space, but it wasn't necessarily only e-commerce. So it was just um, just managing projects for, uh, for an agency. Um, but I quickly noticed that although you could do a lot of things as a project manager, it wasn't really for me. Uh, just because of the type of the work, I wasn't really producing anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's when I switched more to really focusing on e-commerce and with to like CRO role where I can be kind of jack of all trades, although I have to specialize in a couple uh, like disciplines, but, uh, and then I still produce some results. So I can see something on the side that I did and I can point at it and like, hey, this is something I did or the test is running or whatever that is. So um I think my, my, my journey was a bit more uh, linear in that, in that way, although uh, it was a bit, yeah, switching from project management to, um, to CRO was a big jump in that sense, but it was lateral jump. Mm-hmm. And also it's important to, and this is a less profound through a line, but it's also important is that a lot of the people, they have their own projects. And even if they're not expecting it to you know, like secure their retirement, they, they still do it because it's amazing for learning and it's great to have somewhere to do all our testing and to, and to unearth discoveries in a much safer environment. Uh, it also evokes too, like a sense of play. It's something that people can play with and not worry, still worry about the consequences. We still don't want these things to go down and crash and burn anything like that, but stuff that we can take with us into um, contexts where our responsibilities are more, uh, are, are more pronounced. Yeah, also, and you have much more freedom as well. Like, I mean, you whatever you like, you can just do that on your own time and mm-hmm. uh, dive into it. And 
if it comes, you know, if something comes out of it, that's great. Uh, but at least you're learning constantly something. And uh, like you said, you you've dabbled with with websites, but that means you at least understand that nobody's gonna, you know, uh, screw you over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least you understand the, these things. And um, in, in this day of an age, uh, like we just live in such a digital environment, and many people don't know how websites work at all. Like they just type in in the browser something and it appears it's magic right mm-hmm. but yeah the infrastructure behind it it's it's yeah it's complex yeah it's all supply and demand too like i think for a lot of people they just thought can i just shout into my phone hey turn on and then google uh took them took them long enough but then they realized maybe we should just give people the ability to shout into their phones <laughs> okay google can you turn off my oven for me exactly yeah yeah and you know, you said too that it, that it also gives you it also gives you freedom. And I mean, the opposite of freedom, in maybe more cynical sense, is confinement. Um, but I would say the opposite of freedom is is you know responsibility or duty or the need to do to do things. And one thing that I think reflects really well on people, and I think this reflects well on you, is that let's say you have somebody who. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing your, your job with the beauty company, but then on their own time, they, nothing that they do has anything to do with it. They just, I don't know, they're, 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 they're a Broadway actor or, or something along those lines. Whereas because in your, in your own time, you're continuing to work on, um, on, on punch salad and your, on YouTube, I think what that does is it shows that the people you work with that this is your world and this is something that you prioritize and you value it and you're continuing to use your own time to grow and develop. And yes, there's an element of play to it, but that's almost con- like coincidental more than anything. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's important for people to keep in mind too is that you know if, if you're wondering what direction you're taking in life, look at your hobbies and look at the difference between your hobbies and your profession and if there's ways to connect the two closer together, I think what you end up with is a more cohesive way of living. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for example, I mean, ho- hobbies usually, you know, involve a lot of passion. You really like it. And many times maybe you can't make money out of it, but it still brings you bring, brings you joy and also value through just being creative and doing what you love. And in my case, it's actually getting a bit tricky because I, I really like what I do my, during my daytime, but I also like what I do during the evenings. Uh, so I think everybody has to have hobbies just because you can put your passion in, into those. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I mean, I, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm also thinking about, you know, where my own uh, hobbies and passions. And I'm always going to be uh, passionate about, I'm always going to be passionate about video games. Um, and one of the things that has always like uh, been a sticking point for me is, how am I going to integrate this into the rest of it? And so for, for a lot of people, it's like doing streaming or forming communities or, uh, or writing about it. Uh, and I think streaming, uh, or I'm, I participate in a, in a podcast now, which a, a previous guest uh, had invited me on. So there are, there are, I, I don't want anybody to feel like they have to abandon what they're doing. Maybe it's more about figuring out what are some things that I can do to start connecting uh, these two points, however uh, disparate they are. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know what game you play, but there oh, are plenty. Which ones? Are oh, plenty. Oh, uh, it's, uh, oh, plenty. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have uh, no. lots of ones. Uh, I'll, I'll call them out because I, I, I ain't scared of uh, nobody. But um, there's this mobile game called Battle Legion where you just you you position your armies and then they just run at each other. And it's it's satisfying because I don't have to like micromanage in the middle of a fight. I just like put them where I want and then 
the fight starts and I'm just like, I'll, I'll eat lunch and I'll just watch my army fight other armies. And so it's a mixture of, uh, of strategy and entertainment too. So that's, that's the one that I like I'm, I'm most hooked on right now, but there's others. Definitely. Others. All right. But yeah. maybe they even have like professional games where you could be the broadcaster or, you know, I, I, I mean, like I like to play sure. time yeah. to time Counter-Strike and oh, Counter -Strike. that thing is very, uh, very professional. So, uh, you, you know, you're into sound and the podcast. So maybe as a broadcaster, that could be a actual career where you still with games, but yeah, you do kind of combine them. Mm, yeah, it, it, totally. Uh, totally. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely an option. I, I used to play Counter-Strike, by the way. Great, great game. More realistic than a lot of other games where even though you have sight aiming, um, like I, I don't know, like the new, oh, so we're getting into the game stuff. Okay. Bear, bear with us people. We'll get to, we'll get through this. But in like, I don't know if like in the later Counter-Strikes, did they start adding in sight aiming or uh, is it still just classic hold the gun at the hip and crouch to be more accurate? Yeah, you do. You do need to stop to, or like slow down to to um, increase the accuracy. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering about that. All right, so let's uh, let, let's shift into uh, WordPress because we definitely want to use this as an opportunity to hear uh, from your from your expertise. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I've had a relationship with WordPress, never had an issue with it, but I want to frame this in a way that uh, helps our our. Uh, our base, like our sellers, um, and most of whom are on Shopify because Dibutify is a Shopify template. That's uh, Dibutify.com. So what could I, as a seller, do to, in, and mind you, I don't think we're going to be able to like, fully replace a store, but based on WordPress strengths, what could I do to enhance my brand or expand my business with a WordPress site? Uh, well, what WordPress is great, it's open source. So um, it does mean that you can do anything there. And there's a lot of... Uh, external plugins that uh, you can use. Uh, I think, yeah, you just need to see if your business is uh, sort of a, if you need something custom, then WordPress is great. Also, there's a lot of developers that can do uh, code for for WordPress on Fiverr or even like a, one of the freelance websites. It, it really depends. I think uh, it, it really depends what you want. And uh, in some cases, it's better to go with uh, something like a Shopify in some cases, it's better to use WordPress. And uh, I think uh, yeah, there's uh, pros and cons for both. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way I'm, I'm picturing it is, let's say, for instance, my, my, my shop is running well, but WordPress, um, yes, you can uh, run a, a, a store through it too. But whereas Shopify templates, as good as they are, they are very specific to running a store. WordPress is many things. So I think if somebody yeah. wants to enhance their brand in a certain way, like if they want to... Uh, start doing their own video series, or if they really want to focus on a blog, what would you say are like some of the key strengths or some of the best things that people are are using WordPress for? I think you mentioned already. If you're okay, into great. blogging, that's that's definitely place to go. Um, I think that sort of where Shopify does have a strength is the e-commerce focus. So it's just for that. But with WordPress, yeah, if you're in podcast, if you're into anything that you is a bit different from e-commerce, then that that's a place to be and. WordPress also has e-commerce um, elements, so you could have a blog plus your own shop in one one place. Um, but yeah, it really depends what you're doing. I think. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I just I this this being Shopify country, I definitely yeah. wanted to make sure that for our listeners' sake is when we get to meet you know the other 
website countries uh, like WooCommerce we had in a previous episode uh, and, and WordPress in this case, uh, it's always good to get all of the information um, so people can make the more informed decision. Because I, I, I like what I like what we're doing here on Shopify, but like you said, there are, and even frankly, like I said, there are limitations to it. This one ties into some of the stuff that you did on YouTube, but also ties into uh, WordPress. I know that you were uh, offering uh, website auditing for people. From what I saw, you did publish a video about auditing. So, so yeah, so how many takers did you get? Uh, what were some of the standout choices that people made both uh, on the positive and the negative side? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, well, actually, quite a lot of people sort of uh, sent their website, mm-hmm. maybe let's say 50 to uh, 50 to 60. And then I, I looked at some of them and I did a couple of videos, but I noticed there's a, a small problem with that when you ask like that your audience to do something is because a lot of the people were like, oh, I'm building this website. Can you review it? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not as useful uh, if you're not established yet. If you don't, I, I don't mean that you're a big website. It's just if you haven't done enough, uh, immediately asking how, how does it look like? If I say something, will you change it? Meaning um, I, I don't want to discourage anybody with their website just by saying, oh, I think this is too, uh, you know, you need to improve this and that. I think you really just need to start. Uh, learn uh, basics and then start asking for, you know, reviews or uh, looking on YouTube how the websites should look like. Um, but I think that the most important thing is to start. Um, but the two uh, websites I did review, I think one of them uh, was selling pens. And the website actually looked quite, uh, it looked a bit old school, but mm-hmm. it, it really uh, had good elements in it. So uh, I don't think it needs to change per se because the target audience that the uh, the guy said he has, it, I think it fits it. I mean, would I update it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it looks a bit like from the uh, you know '90s, but still, it, it it was really functional website, and it it, uh, it had all the value proposition and how to contact, and it had all the elements there. It just doesn't look like uh, we are in 2020. Mm-hmm. And and I want to touch on that a little bit more, especially because you have, um, like you say, uh, the a 10 year window. So would you say that there were like any major generational shifts in what WordPress is capable of? And let me, let me give you a little bit more uh, information to, to absorb that. Um, Cause I remember when I was using WordPress, I was, I'm 31 now. I, I, I was m- most involved in it like 23, 24. And I admired WordPress a lot. Cause it really did seem like it was ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. It seemed like it ran more smoothly uh, it was more visually pleasing to look at. It, it was like the earliest instance of what like Web Point 2.0 would be capable of versus like stuff prior to that, like, I don't know, GeoCities and Zanga and all that stuff were like, I don't know, just kind of looked messy and not intuitive. But uh, what were, yeah, what were like some of the major things that you've seen uh, evolve on WordPress over time? I think I, I agree with you. 10 years ago, WordPress seemed to be really ahead of the game uh, even compared to other competition. But right now I feel like a lot of... Uh, other providers have caught up, kind of. What I do see is that there's, with WordPress, it, especially with the templates and things like that, there's huge community. So that has grown to a lot. And there's a lot of companies that just specialize in WordPress because there's enough people to sell to. So I think the community has just grown a lot. Uh, I mean, is that good or bad? Yeah, you have also, that means the WordPress library, the free one, has a lot of, weird just uncompleted um, like themes and plugins which yeah you know. and, and also because uh, you have a lot of uh, extra competition so a lot of these themes as promising as they may be if they don't get the traction 
then uh, then developers have to move on, you know, because they gotta they gotta eat too. Exactly, and it's it's gotten more commercial in that sense. So pretty much every plugin has a pro version, which is the paid one. And I, I understand it. It takes a lot of time to code these plugins and themes, uh, so I do understand them. But at the same time, maybe ten years ago, it was a bit more like a pro uh, hobby based, uh, but it's much more professional now in terms of the plugins you can get. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the one one parallel that I'd like to draw. Uh, it reminds me of the way t- televised and movie content has evolved, where when you had fewer channels and you had fewer movies out in theaters, you had fewer options. And so on the one hand, I guess people are, are hoping it'll be good because it, it doesn't waste your time, but also because there was less things to compare it to. Um, and so you look at, say, like Star Wars, for instance. Once upon a time, Star Wars was all there was, whereas now... Uh, they've tried so hard to maintain on top that they tried to please everybody and now their fan base is divided and I think like the Mandalorian is the only thing people really like out of there. So I can kind of see that happening with WordPress too, is that things are refined and so everybody is more pooling their resources and focusing. Um, and like you said, it's also a hobby too. So it's driven by people's just desire to do it. And then over time, as it turns into a business, well, once you get into business, it turns into competition. And so there, I guess there was a lot more chaff as well as a lot more wheat yeah, yeah, no, definitely that, that that has increased. At the same time, uh, the bigger fish also get the the bigger pie, I guess, bigger part of the business. So um, it would be great to see more like independent developers that actually succeed, um, just because there's the big ones really dominate right now. So same thing. I don't know if you know Theme Forest, which is like where you can buy all kinds of uh, themes. I think even, I do remember you were mentioning that on your channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, or is it the channel or your blog? Yeah, yeah. So you could buy any theme there. They're all paid, but you get really high quality themes there and plugins. And I think they might even have some, some, some. They have for different platforms also, uh, Magento and other ones. Um, but the point is, there to succeed, you really need to be one of the sort of best best selling theme authors. And um, yeah, it's just because that platform pushes you. To the top of the search results if you're you're always selling so and as an independent developer it would be really hard to uh, sort of uh, keep up with these big guys because they have like 20 developers just doing one thing so yeah it's a common uh, issue with pretty much any industry uh, where when something becomes institutionalized it has more resources to throw up against the competition um, one example that sticks out to me uh, I don't know if you ever watched Mad Men but like McCann Erickson, which is like the big advertising agency, was always like the 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 villain in the background because McCann Erickson had whatever resources they wanted to to throw at the smaller, much scrappier agency, which is where uh, where the story takes place. And so you can you can see that happening here. Um, it's fascinating. This is actually the first I've really heard about it about how that there's like McCann Erickson's of uh, of WordPress templates. And of, and you okay, know, I, I'm not saying they're evil or anything. <laughs> Well, they're they're definitely an antagonist, depending on who you talk to, right? But yeah, other people, sure. you know, yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 I, I, if if you think they're evil, I'll defer to your expertise on it. No, no, no I'm not saying they're evil. I'm, yeah, okay. I, I mean, they deliver value also, so you get a lot from the theme if you go with the big guys. Um, it's just then they they get the biggest buy by by far. So as an independent developer, it will be much harder to to sort of uh, succeed there. There mm-hmm. are people that probably succeed still, but. I think it's in every industry that when it matures, this is what happens. It just sort of uh, starts to be the big players. Mm-hmm. And there's one other uh, through line that I want to bring up. Um, and I'll pose it to you 
well, when I get to the end of it, I'll pose it to you as a question. And bear in mind, this is more like, you know, if something comes to mind, we can share it. If not, it's just worth thinking about on its own. So here's another example. Let's say somebody gets into McDonald's. McDonald's is the most popular burger restaurant on the planet. People might not know, not, not even really know what a burger is. Okay, well, at some point, everybody in their life at one point doesn't know what a burger is, but eventually you learn. And McDonald's yeah. might be the one to do it. Now, is, are the burgers good? Yeah, I like them. They're fine. Yeah, you get, to, you get what you pay for. But some people, what they do is they develop a taste. And it gets to a point where though that food isn't good enough for them anymore. Or they start to sense that they don't want to really support their business operation. And so they start to look for smaller, more refined uh, operations. And uh, they end up, well, you know, they'll pay more of a premium, but for to them, the food is better. And in many cases it is, but they also feel like they're supporting a, a smaller business. So I, I think that's what's going to have, it's either already happening or it should be happening as far as what's going on with, with WordPress, with these templates. So the question is, how do people figure out or how do you get people to look for these other templates? How can they be dissatisfied with something big in order for them to then want to find something more refined, more um, specific to their to their needs? Yeah, good point. Um, it's actually a tough question because you can't necessarily test them beforehand unless it's on the, you know, you test the free one and you upgrade to pro. But for example, in the theme forest, uh, you can see the demo side, but you don't, you can't actually try it out before you you you, you go for it. But I think it's a good question is how do you actually, how are you able to support these smaller guys? But I think you just need to go beyond the best sellers and see if there's something that fits your needs because there's usually the smaller guys will do something for niche, niche websites. So they're not going to say, oh yeah, we do everything. We just focus on this specific niche and that's where the, the, that's where they are very good at. So I think it's it's just, if you're in a niche, it would be much easier to uh, find something from smaller guys than um, when you're just looking for a blogging uh, theme because that's you know that's so generic that the big guys will dominate. That. Yeah, and and also too, somebody will look at that website for the first time and they'll be blown away by the theme, but then they'll see that same theme over and over and over again, and it will have diminishing returns on each and next website that they go to. Good point. Yeah. Um, okay, so th- this one uh, I, I asked this. Um, somewhat tongue in cheek, somewhere for, for the fun of it. Um, but you, you make a case about how you really don't get any, you don't get much out of uh, running a free website. So I, I just wanted to hear your, your take on this. So who are the people that are signing up for these free websites? What are their expectations? And then there aren't very many people that get value out of a free website. So who gets value out of it? And then why are people supposed to be signing up for premium ones? Um, yeah, free, free website, especially with the web hosting and, and actually the domain, um, you don't get that much, but if you're new, if you've never done a website, you want to just build some, try something out, try your theme, just see how you like WordPress, it's perfect for that. There's no problem with it. But the problem comes when, if you start getting traffic, especially uh, on yeah with the free web host, they just can't handle the load. Either you'll have to upgrade to a paid account or then you will have to, well, you'll have very slow website. The people that choose free website, I think it's mostly either they're starting or they're really just students that don't, they don't have the money. They might not be in, you know, in, in the U.S. or Canada. They, they are somewhere else. They're maybe in, uh, you know, in, in countries where the income is much lower. So mm-hmm. paying, I don't know, uh, 60 bucks per month. Okay, no, that's a bit high, but uh, 10 bucks per month for a website maybe is out of question for them. So uh, 
I, you know, there's, I think many right. reasons yeah. some of them want to make money, um, but it will be very hard to make with the free website. It's not impossible. There are people that make money on the free websites, but it is very hard just because you're competing against somebody who has, you know, web servers that are really powerful that, and Google appreciates that they want websites to load fast. So yeah, with the free website, it's a bit harder to rank. Yeah. So the thing that stuck out to me the most is the relative area of where these people live. So if you're living in, and I'm, I don't, I'm, I, I did think of a country in my head, uh, but I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to like look at the statistics and find out we've got a couple of downloaders from there. So <laughs> I guess yeah, y'all know who you are, I suppose. Um, but if you're in, you know, here in the, um, uh, in, the, in what I call the quantum world, where things are moving so fast and so rapidly and everything is digital, the, the standard of web presence is have your name.com or I don't know, .net or uh, whichever one is uh, ideal, obviously .com being the, uh, the big kahuna. And then it doesn't look so great when it's like, you know, uh, Joeyani's video game reviews dot geocities.com slash Yahoo. Uh, okay, it doesn't look that great. But then you get to somewhere where nobody has a website or, you know, people are just getting online and somebody sets up their website and yeah, it's free, but it's so much more, it's, it just sticks out so much more compared to everything else. So I think relativity is an important thing to keep in mind there too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, especially with the domain names, when you have .com, there's a bit more trust into it. So you, you yeah. may, you know, you made the effort to buy a .com domain. Also, you can always ch- change the web hosting, but if you build up search rank for a, a domain, you want to kind of keep that domain because with the free domains, you might lose it because yeah, it's free. If they decide they don't want to provide it anymore for free, then you might just lose it. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely not a long-term strategy to have a free website, free domain. It's uh, .com is much more better. Or okay, there are some other extensions that work really well, but it's specific to your country. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a podcast service I had at one point. That's what happened. They they couldn't afford their their service, and so they ended up shutting down. And thankfully, I had all my content saved, all three episodes of my my podcast college podcast. Actually, it's funny too. I'm just this is just me like um, uh, venting for a second. But we have this advertising campaign in Canada where a bunch of um, I, I don't know if you know like our our they're kind of stereotypical. They're called the Mounties. Um, the Royal yeah, Canadian Mounted Police. And... Yeah, exactly. The hat and the shorts. And and there's this commercial series where they just go around terrorizing people in very Canadian ways because they're signing up for a .com over a .ca. Like one of them pours maple syrup on a guy on a guy's laptop. Is like you should have picked CA. And I just think that is that is so awful. Why I I I, I why do you think I want I don't want dots. Why would I want .ca at all? Fun fact about Canada: every time somebody gets good. At something, they go to the states. No, of course. Yeah, like uh, we have people here who are popular here, but anytime they want to like expand their career or you know be on whose lines and anyways or something, they go to the states. Yeah, and so easy for you. It's you're just the neighbors there, and yeah, uh, I, I can imagine dot com makes more sense in in the long run, even for in Canada. But geographically, it's easy, but um, there there's still uh, a fair number of hurdles to to get through, like work visa stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's. It's doable, which compared to a lot of other people in the world, um, is, is is a huge, huge advantage. Uh, I'm, I, I, I'd be lying if I haven't like started listing what cities I would want to move to in the states uh, if 
uh, opportunity permitted. All right, I just want to get that off my off my chest. Okay, so so Robert, um, we're getting pretty close to to the to, to the end here. Uh, this is I don't know about you, this is just like flown by. I'm just having a having a blast here. I wanted to ask you about your eToro experience because uh, you set up like a second channel for it, and I was like, oh okay, let's see what's going on in Robert's second channel, and it's like it's all about what happened with eToro. Do you mind telling us like what what happened there, like what eToro is and what is your relationship right now? No, eToro is just a like a trading platform where you can invest in stocks and other assets like that. And my second channel is actually, um, I had a couple of videos on my uh, primary channel about eToro, but then I didn't feel like it fits the, the website theme. And I did them you know, a couple of years ago and they were fairly successful. So I thought I'm actually really interested also myself in like self-development, investing and this kind of topic. So I set up another channel where I started with eToro topic uh, but I will expand more. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a it's a website where you can invest into things. The the thing is in US and maybe Canada, you're kind of blessed. You have so many options uh, to actually invest. Mm-hmm. But in Europe, it's much harder to invest in the US stocks. You have a few players, but they're not as easy to use or as cheap as in the North America. Um, so Etoro has like a a solution for that. And uh, yeah, I just review it and how how I've done on the platform. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one uh, quick tidbit about investing here in Canada is that there was one stock that I wanted to invest in. It was it was a full share, um, and I'll just tell you because it's Nintendo, um, and I, and I wouldn't and I wasn't allowed to buy it uh, as a non-resident. So as, as Canada does have advantages, but there are still setbacks that can be ratified by being a U.S. resident. However, I will say that I was able to buy, They basically what they do is it's almost like Bitcoin where they split a share into eight. They're called ADRs. And I was able, I'm able to purchase ADRs. So if I buy eight of them, I have a full share. But I don't know, it's t- typical Nintendo. They want me to put a puzzle together before I can have. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so you actually, you mentioned um, some uh, some personal development channels and I know that you linked to them. I think it was in one of your videos. And I'm wondering if having looked at some of this, if there was any like major lessons that really like stuck out in your mind that um, that are influencing you on a day to day basis now. And I'll give you a second to kind of like let that mull over because I just want to say one that stuck out to me. Uh, and this was I, I was also from the uh, Tyler Jeffco interview. Not that I'm playing favorites or anything, but well, so he said uh, Keystone Habit and Keystone Habit stuck out to me because it's the idea of one habit that will yield numerous continued benefits um, where as long as that habit is done everything else can better fall into place and for me like the keystone habit is like two things one don't look at my phone for the first hour i wake up and then number two is do my exercises first thing in the morning if i do those two things the day does unfold somewhat better so that was that was one thing that stuck out to me but can you remember anything that stuck out to you oh just in general for me it's uh, i think what has helped me develop myself is just keep learning and actually set aside, I set aside a small budget for my learning. So I see it as an investment and not a cost. So if I don't spend it, so it's actually a bad thing. So that could be audible books or, you know, Kindle books or whatever you're into seminars. Uh, I think if you keep developing yourself, uh, you will also have much more uh, possibilities in terms of, um, what you can do and w- where you can take your website 
And it doesn't, you know, the books don't don't have to be about digital space. You, you, if you just develop yourself, I think you can get much further um, by, yeah, you, you just can get much further with, with your life. And for me, it's been super important that I've done this because it's it has allowed me to um, switch, for example, from project management to CRO. And I'm really happy with that uh, change. And I don't think it would be possible without uh, investing time and money into education. Not like, you know, university college, but really like into uh, developing yourself. Well, I I think that's a great takeaway is not to look at learning as a cost. Well, I mean, if you... I was about to say groceries, but I guess food is an investment into your well-being. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, th- there's there's eating to live, and then there's like you know eating really good, nourishing food. Spending the extra money is an investment. So yeah, that's and, and there and there's something I think to if something is a cost is how can we uh, view this and say this is a cost because we're not treating it like an investment. So how can we turn this into an investment? And I think with that psychology, it allows us to be a lot more mindful of like you know, where, where we're spending our money. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a great takeaway. Uh, and I'm, and I'm wondering if that was going to be the answer to our final wrap up question, which is like, if you have any, uh, parting words of wisdom, is there, is there any other, uh, the, the timing of that wasn't, uh, wasn't my proudest moment, but let's just, uh, let's just go for it. Yeah. If, if you're talking about like related to websites, I think uh, what I try to bring to my work is uh, always think like customers first, like if you were the customer, would you like this feature or would you like to have your website this way? Um, because we, I think as a website owner or a content creator, we have our own motives to do certain things, but you have to always remember that there's a person on the other end. Are they going to get the value out of what you're offering them? And, you know, I was talking about pop-ups before, but, you know, putting up five pop-ups on one page, is that the best way to actually serve these people? And yeah, I think it's just, Thinking long-term, not only uh, short-term. Fantastic. All right, uh, Robert, we're going to get you on out of here. Uh, again, this has, been, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really glad I got to uh, have this hour with you, uh, learn some stuff, had some laugh, blasted off into space. It's how I, how I like doing my stuff. Uh, just let people know, uh, last but not least, is how to uh, find your content and how to find you. Yeah, uh, people can find me on YouTube. Uh, the channel is Tips with Punch. If you have problems with your website, I do try to answer pretty much all comments as long as they you know it's not only just thanks or something but i do answer if you have questions try to help you there and i think that's the best way to find me actually okay terrific well listeners unless this is your your first time listening to us thank you for joining us uh what you do at this point is check out uh, robert's content and sink your teeth into it because there's plenty more to learn here these these hours it's our job to give you some value give you some entertainment and really help you know introduce these people to you because if you were in my position where you got to listen to each and every person the amount of knowledge that you would have accumulated at this point would be unconscionable so the more of these you listen to the more opportunity you're going to have to to learn and and like we were saying earlier get your freedom back that's the most important thing people is get your freedom all right with that said listeners we're going to check in soon so you all take good care of yourselves thank you thanks for listening You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. 
We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next. <laughs>